Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, dude, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Just sitting back, watching the world go <laughs> go by. It's burned. Yes, right. Where are the weenies? Where are the marshmallows? That's right. Come on. <laughs> That's exactly it. Before we get too far into it, I'd like to, if anybody hears uh, anything in the background of me, it uh, sounds like a fan, it's called a heater. And I apologize, but, you know, I'm you not going to sit here and freeze like I did last week. Are you guys having the cold temperatures right now? It's 30 Fahrenheit. Okay. And we had 60, a little over 60 degrees Fahrenheit and just more rain than Noah yesterday. And last night it dropped down to uh, low 20s. And right about 15 minutes before the show, it started snowing here. So, yay. Oh, well. We have um, uh, retardo weather. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We do, we do too, man. Right now, like right before I came downstairs to my little dungeon to record, minus 20 <laughs> degrees Celsius, and we're supposed to get up to 2 degrees Celsius. And so it's a 22 Celsius shift. That's 71.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's that's like happening all the time. That seems like a massive change in temperature from the nighttime to the daytime, you know? Like two weeks ago, there were bees. Like my little security cameras were getting tripped with bees flying in front of them. And now it's like we the other night, was it a couple nights ago, we were minus 38 Celsius. I'm like, come on, man, this is getting dumb. And then we've had like zero snow and there's a whole bunch in the forecast, which is good. I mean, it's bone dry here. So, yeah, who knows? Fitting weather for the craziness of our of our world, hey. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so we're not in a, a state of oh, the emergency act. He or Justine Trudy uh, revoked it, right? It, you, you know, I don't think anybody knows why. Do you know the reason why he did it? Because, what's it, go ahead. Uh, you no, know, I'm not the. Alien handlers for Justin Trudeau, so I'm not sure why he does what he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, so he does it in, in the parliament, and it goes through, and then it goes to the Senate. And the Senate gets the final say. And it wasn't going to pass in the Senate. And the votes were starting to come in. And if it, if it gets turned down, if he invokes the Emergencies Act, it goes to Senate, and it doesn't pass the Senate, immediately that is a vote of non-confidence uh, to Justin Trudeau, and the governor general has to uh, remove him from his position, and there has to be a new election. And, and people, he's like, oh, everything's, we've got the situation in control. No, his people are like, listen, dude, it's not going well for you. You better shut it down or else you're going to be out. Like, literally, he was about four hours away from being kicked out of office because they weren't, because the Senate didn't agree with it. They said there's no reason to enact this, you know? What a clown donkey he is. Oh, man. Ay, ay, ay. Well, 
here's to hoping he would have been 5% dumber and pushed it anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You know why you got this, uh, so the, the White Rose Party. It's not a That just sounds party. racist and evil, doesn't it? The no, White it's, Rose Party. No. It started in uh, Nazi Germany to uh, fight the propaganda of the Nazis. Um, there's a quote on one of their stickers I saw, and it says, uh, free men care not what tyrants write on paper. <laughs> I like that one. And then they also have the other one. It's got the uh, anonymous mask, and it says, if no one obeys, then no one rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anarchy. But, uh, yeah, there's, like the shift is off of Canada for a bit and onto Eastern Europe. Crazy what's going on there, huh? Yeah. See, it wasn't the deal that... This is the part that, that is pretty shady. Ukraine had nuclear weapons. And then Russia and U.S. said, listen, if you guys give up your nuclear weapons, we will have peace with you forever and we'll protect you forever. And so they do it. And then, of course, <laughs> what's Russia going to do? Be honest? Come on. <laughs> you do your mind? You know, the... the it's funny because Russia is the shadiest country on the planet, in my opinion. Modern country, relatively modern, like, you know, I mean, I'm not talking Stone Age tribes because there's some real crazy things that go in those places. Not that there's a lot left, but man, you know, it seems you just can't trust Russia. Well, here's one. Here's a way of thinking about it. And this goes all the way back to when I was studying them in the 90s professionally. Um, you know, the Russia is the nationalist version of the redneck trailer park wife beater wearing husband that swears he'll never hit you again as long as you don't leave him tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally, everything that they do in TV and movies for that guy is Russia. Beats the crap out of you. Puts you in the hospital. Swears he'll never do it again. Yeah. I know. It's it's crazy. And the thing is, they're so bloody powerful. Right? Like, they're such a force. in more than one way. Yeah. Like, they're like a giant. I mean, they're as, as dysfunctional as they are, they're still what the other communist countries refer to as, you know, Papa, yeah, and they still even China still defers to Russia for some reason. Yeah, um, the you know so communism still defers to Russia. They're politically powerful for what reason I don't know. They're militarily powerful. Uh, most of the criminal organizations owe something to Russia. Mm-hmm. And then their intelligence, illegal though it may be, their intelligence organizations and counterintelligence are second to none mm-hmm. in the information that they can get a hold of. Yeah. And, and then their hacking farms are probably second only to China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard uh, this thing that, so they were saying all the the Christian groups in Russia, or sorry, the Christian groups on Facebook, like Facebook groups, I heard it was like 70 
or 80, 60, 70, or 80 percent. I forget which one. Don't want to like have statements that are wildly inaccurate, but the vast majority of them, more than half, were all farm like bought farms in Russia. And all these, you know, North American church-going people are all on these Facebook groups and these Christian groups. And, like, and, they're, and that's all being controlled and manipulated by Russians. And it's like, first of all, kind of makes you wonder, like, what? But then also it's like, wow, like, th- like literally if you have a, that is an influence, right? Like that is a, and not, not that they're using it for anything right now, but potential down the road it's like oh okay cool well now they could just put in little tiny bits of information into those sites and not radical stuff yeah that too yeah because they they post these harmless things that oh you know what was your first car in high school and these people think they're on a christian group where you can trust everybody they play these stupid games (laughs) and you over the course of six months you've given out every you know security (laughs) question in your banking yeah you know change a password thing that's true um, and it's not just the christian groups that they have on facebook and other social media it's any category from the ultra appears to be good to the ultra bad you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's the crazy thing about this world you know like like when i grew up i remember the things you had to worry about were identity theft and that was hard to do right like if you lost your wallet there maybe was a chance somebody could do it um you know somebody phones you and you're not sure who it is and ask for information it's like no i remember my parents telling me that um if anybody calls and asks for any banking information just hang up and say i'll call you back at my local branch tomorrow you know and like that was the kind of fraud you had to watch out for but now it's you know if you want to exist in today's society you know you're on social media Sorry, I guess it's you can't possibly do it without such, but I mean, that's, I think it's very common, a very normal existence that you do things online and man, the amount of information everybody puts up, even if you're not like out there and you, it's crazy. It's just insane. I, yeah, heard I mean, that, it, don't ever pay for anything over the phone. And then if you're going to do it over the internet, pay attention to your URLs. I mean, mm-hmm. there are certain. A couple of simple things you can do to save yourself a lot of grief. Just people are too stupid. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to get ripped off. Yeah. But there becomes a time and a in a way, a, ma- a means, where you might just be getting what you deserve because you're that dumb. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I agree. I don't want anybody to get ripped off. That's number one. But if you get a phone call and says, we're the IRS, and if you don't pay us money over the phone, we're going to send the FBI to arrest you. And you actually believe that? Okay, well, (laughs) you know, you might deserve it. It, Yep. I had, uh, I kept getting these calls saying that this is the IRS. And and it was a guy, like, with an an Indian accent. This is the IRS, and he's just going off. And he's almost screaming, and it sounded like he was driving. And uh, like like he was in a car. And if you don't do it right way, we're going to come seize your property and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, man. I just, it goes to voicemail all the time because I don't uh, – I got the little setting so that uh, if they're not in my contacts, my phone doesn't ring. Like uh, it won't audibly ring. It's it, – it, well, it'll show on the – no, I don't think it even does. 
it'll just say I missed a call after they've called because so many spammers were, I don't know, it was like during the summer last year, I'd get five phony phone calls a day and I'd be working away and also my phone rings and I'm like, oh, they're, you know, is it my parents call? Who's calling? I don't recognize this number, right? And it's like, and it was interrupting. So I thought, this is ridiculous. If Even if I don't acknowledge them, I don't answer the phone, they're, they're disrupting my workflow. So it's the best thing ever. If people are in my contacts, it'll ring. If not, I don't even know. I'll just look and be like, oh, I missed three phone calls, three people that I don't know. So I'll see who they are and see if it's legit, see if they leave a message, done. It's a slick little setup. Yeah, I. Uh, one of the best things we did was when we moved here, we didn't get new telephone numbers. So our area code still Maryland. Ah, uh, okay. So where a lot of spammers try and scammers try to use yeah, your local, be, you know, they'll try to bot your local exchange. Ma- yeah, I never thought of so that. I get a lot of weird people from Maryland calling. I just don't answer, right? Yeah. And on the home phone now, we get this clown donkey trying to, same guy, over and over again, um, using a obviously a robotic dialer and a anonymizer. But he's trying to uh, raise money for a law enforcement foundation or charity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a legit charity. He's just not mm. raising money for them. Yeah. You know, raising yeah. money for him. That's the way I perceive it. Hmm. And I just went off on him one day. I mean,. I said the most vile things I've ever said in my life to another human being. (laughs) Um, And he's just like, hey, you know, and that's how I know he's a scam guy. It didn't get to him. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I wasn't mad when I did it. I sounded it. But that's a thing, you know, it's a, it's like tradecraft, you know, you you turn it on, turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Just to yeah. try to get get a reaction out of somebody. And last time he called, I just started uh, telling him the exact federal statute uh, he was breaking, mm. and eventually he did hang up. Hmm. That's funny. Because on that particular call, uh, I had some uh, electronic noise added to my phone. And I was telling him that, you know, I had talked to the agency I used to work with and we were tracing it and we were going to, you know, come kick down his door. That's funny. But, and I haven't gotten a phone call since then, so <laughs> I'm hoping he, you know, learned. Yeah. Hmm. And when somebody calls me and asked me, asked for me by my first name, I know they're, it's a, not, it's either a scam or a doctor's appointment, one of the two, right? Yeah. Because I've never a day in my life gone by my first name. It's just your first name on your birth certificate. So everybody's like, oh, that's your name. No, it isn't. Hmm. And I, I'm i just too lazy and cheap to go pay a couple hundred bucks to change it because it's a pain in the butt in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Is hmm. somebody in... Uh, <clears throat> I forgot the state it was. They just got arrested for identity theft on themselves. <laughs> it's all been worked out since then. But, you know, they legally changed their name for about the same reason. Yeah. And, you know, they were letting all their, you know, 
everybody they do business with know that their name has been legally changed. They'll give them op- copies of the court order. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, some idiot at the bank called the cops, and then this, they got arrested for identity theft when it's themselves. That's funny. And they have a copy of the court order. Hmm. While they were in booking, one of the cops was like, you know what, you know, this looks legit. You know, let me get take five minutes to save a lawsuit. Yeah. And he actually called the court, and they're like, yeah, you know. It's funny. It's legit. Hmm. Oh, man. So you been uh, doing anything, projects, or shoveling snow, anything like that going on? I can't. No? No, not my uh, foot is still um, toast, and my... This is one of the most embarrassing things about having a bad back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the shower, right? And we have a complete walk-in and walk-out shower because mm-hmm. uh, it's handicap accessible. Mm-hmm. The guy who bought it, who built the house, was he went handicapped during it. Anyway, um, so all I did was lift my right leg to dry it, mm-hmm. and my back went out. No, no. Uh, the uh, my my back's got a sense of humor like Russia. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. <laughs> so I've been trying to nurse that since yesterday because I don't want it to go out, go out. Yeah, yeah. But um, with this enormous uh, heat and cold cycle our weather did in the last twenty four hours, it's not helping. Mm, yeah. Hmm. And then I can't limp on the side that your body wants to limp on mm-hmm. because of my foot. Oh, man. You're going to have to get you bionic, a bionic bottom half. <laughs> hey? I won't touch that one. <laughs> no, no, that's a good idea. Whoop. Next subject, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, how about... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. So, um, have you done any more with your midget shelving? Hey, 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 hey. Midget storage shelving? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Just the right height. You fold them up and put them right in. There you go. Uh, what do you mean? Like stuff uh, on the shipping container? Now, see, I was trying to put myself in that situation. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> and... Oh, no, no, no. This is legit. I was trying to put myself in that situation. And while you were building it and talking about it in the video, and then right after that, you got your new welder. Yeah. I would have been in there re- redoing some of those welds just because I'm a, no matter how good they were. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, I totally should, but I know they're going to hold, and I'm like, whatevs. But every time you walk by, you know, you look at it, and you're like, it's it, you, it's mocking you. Oh, no. You just think it's just mocking you, and you're like, Porosity, no, I just don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't. There's no porosity. Like it, um, yeah. The the welds were fine, but they, I just couldn't put a long one together. And most of the time, it would stop feeding just for a second, and so you'd still have a little bit of a glow. It's it was never enough to like make my helmet turn back on, like lighten. And so there's still a little bit of a glow. But it's nice when you can, you know, put like a nice one inch weld. That looks good. 
And so this one is is like stops is like quarter inch. Yeah, if your welder wouldn't put down a one inch bead, it was time to do more than just that hammer. Yeah. Oh man, I had so I had so many. You know what I hate about putting stuff on YouTube? There are certain people that assume that you are a complete moron. The two things I got from that video. One person says, "He's like, hey bud, get yourself a set of uh, all terrain tiles. You'll never deal with swapping out wheels again." And I'm like. Okay, cool. So you think I've never thought of that? That I thought there's only an option to buy winter tires and summer tires? You think that I don't own a truck that has some BF well, Goodrich all-terrain tires? You oh, think no. I'd, He's like, the idiot because I know. all-terrain tires are great until they're not. Yeah. There is a situation, I don't know, like um, Canada, where you might need legit snow tires. Mm-hmm. Mine are snow tires. Like, yeah. I don't need them for snow. I need them for ice. And the all-terrain don't have a real soft compound. The winter tires are a much softer tire, so that when it's minus 35, they still have a little bit of flex in them and a little bit of traction. Yeah. And, and it's like, and so I told him, I said, I'm not sure about the weather where you live, but I said, around here, I don't need traction in snow. It's solid ice. And I, I told him, I said, literally, I drove to the city today, and half of the drive was on a sheet of ice. And all trains suck for that. How do I know? Because I have them on my four four wheel drive pickup truck, and that truck is. I will take my Honda Civic on a lot of days before I'll take my pickup truck, even in four wheel drive, because I've got winter tires. And what you don't want to do is find the BF Goodrich that are softer compound. Yeah, and then drive them in the summer. <laughs> oh no, um, because one they they cost like two and a half times more than regular BF Goodrich. And then they're speed rated. Mm -hmm. And then they wear out faster, right? Mm -hmm. But they are some of the best tires in the world, in my opinion, if you're going to have one set of tires. Yeah. And I've got them on my Tacoma. And, you know, the worst thing about them for me, because I don't do a lot of driving anymore, uh, and you know, unless I'm going somewhere, I don't need to be there. Um, but the worst thing about it for me is they're speed rated. Uh, mm, yeah. So not a lot of highway driving. I'm going to do in a Tacoma because yeah. maximum of 70 miles per hour, you know, get run over out here <laughs> as fast as anybody ever goes in Canada. Well, legally, <laughs> legally. Um, yeah, no, it's, and even so like, so the, the winter tires, they've got slits across them. Like they're really weird. And it's, it's like, Man, they're they're phenomenal. Like it's a night and day difference. And then I look for a really hard touring tire for the summertime. So like, because I don't need like we don't have tons of rain. It's not like I'm driving around Washington State and I'm hydroplaning everywhere. Like I just want the toughest, longest lasting tire I can get. And so I have two sets of tires, and I'll get probably three, four seasons out of each set. And that's not that bad. You know, it's I I think if I put just one set of compromise, like all season tires, I'd get two years out of them. But. And we both live on gravels, mm. and that just tears up tires. Mm -hmm. And then I had another person on that video comment saying, he's like, must be nice to be in your situation. I would have given anything to have a welder like that, even if it wasn't working correctly. You can buy, I would have bought new uh, wire feed wheels and lubed up the, uh, and put Vaseline on the sleeve where the wire goes through, and I would have had that thing welding perfectly. It's a shame you've got such a temper. <laughs> And so I responded very politely, actually. I was, I was surprised. 
I said, well, I said, I actually have replaced the drive wheels and I have put a new sleeve in that welder. Uh, the squealing that it was making is the motor dying. And I actually called the manufacturer and they no longer carry parts for it. And even the company that had it branded under their name, Acklands, they don't carry any parts for that welder anymore. So there is literally nothing I can do to fix it. And so that's what my reply was. And it's it's like, you, you think I didn't think about that? You think if my welder's not working right, I wouldn't Google it and be like, I wonder what what's a common problem? What's an easy fix? It's like, this thing is dead. And then I thought about it afterwards. I was like, <clears throat> you know, if I want to go buy a brand new, if I want to buy 10 brand new Lincoln welders, line them up and just smash 10 of them in a row, even without powering them up and destroy them completely, there's actually nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that if I pay cash, if it's my money, and if that's how I want to spend my money, there is nothing wrong with that. I should have I should have responded to that. It's like if I want to buy a brand new one and shoot it with a gun, I'm allowed to do that, and you can't tell me anything else. If you're in a bad situation, fix your situation. Quit crying about it. You know? Oh, people are so stupid. You know what? You might have just given me an idea. Are you start a YouTube channel where you just wreck shit? <laughs> no, just for one video. What's that? A response to Simple Little Life's idiotic viewer. Yeah? I'm going to buy a welder, <laughs> and I will just put, I don't know, 50 shotgun slugs through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? That person deleted their comment. Cause I went name back. that idiot. Yeah. I don't think I screenshotted it because I was like, oh, I'm just going to let him know that. I, I don't know. He caught me at a real good mood. And um, I know he was definitely whining and crying in the comment. And so I was like, whatever. But um, yeah, telling me why I was wrong that I hit a, a welder that I own outright. Always have. I mean, it's that's what I don't get. But would it be wise to wreck a perfectly good welder? No, but you could do it. And I know, say if somebody, you see these guys that... You know, they'll buy a brand new car and then they'll just destroy it for kicks, right? For views or something. And it's kind of like, eh, it is, I think it's not very classy. I, I think it's not being a good steward of money. But at the same time, if that's their money and if they paid for it, they can do whatever they want to whatever physical objects they own. End of discussion. You know, I don't know why people think they have a right to tell other people what to do. It's funny, I went to Costco yesterday picking up tiles for the shower and uh, the, the little Chinese lady at the door that had the membership too. I walk in there. She's like, would you like a mask? I'm like, no, thank you. And she gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm not, I don't do that anymore. I'm not stupid. Healthy people don't need to wear masks. So I'm not wearing one. And I think there are like two other people. No, I didn't see anybody else that day without a mask. It's funny because in Strathmore, I bet half the, half the town doesn't wear masks. You go into the hardware store, it's a 50-50 split, even though technically there's a mandate right now. You have to wear a mask. I'm like, no, sorry. I don't need permission to breathe freely. I'm not, I'm not wearing that stupid thing. I'm a healthy person. There's no reason for it. But you go into the city, and, man, everybody's still muzzled. It's like, well, different, uh, different types of people live in different places. But <clears throat> Well, somebody got canceled, just some ordinary citizen, got canceled on... Every social media platform they they were on, even though they only responded to something on one, it was Facebook. Everybody deleted them because it was such an uproar. 
Why? I don't know. They weren't saying anything, one, that's not 100% accurate, and two, they were just trying to make a point, right? Somebody said something about the mask mandate. And if for, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It doesn't matter if you're into religion, home remedy, or science. It doesn't matter. All of that's irrelevant. It's the law. The mm-hmm. government said you should do it, or you will do it. And somebody and then they put one. It's not law. Yep. You know, words mean things, and yours are stupid. You know, also the same government that's telling you to wear a mask. The federal government used to say that um, blacks weren't real human beings, mm-hmm. and it gave like seven examples of things the government used to say. They yeah. were just ludicrous, but they used to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they were canceled, oh, deleted, yeah. yep. gone. Yeah, I know. It's it's not always the government that's in the right. You know, is it until the seventies, nineteen seventies? It was actually in the law. Uh, the Canadian law that is illegal for a black person to enter a national park. And that's why they had like, what this? Somebody's like, dug this up and like, check this thing out. Like, oh, we better change stuff real quick. That's why they had to update like Charter of Rights and Freedoms and stuff. Because it's like, holy smokes, this is crazy. But yeah, it's like, mm. and And the thing is like, I think we've talked about it here is that right now they say there's a mask mandate. And mandates aren't laws, right? They're kind of like things that we suggest you doing. And Basically, what Alberta did is they formed this group called the COVID Cabinet. And these aren't people that were voted. They, they're not elected officials, even though they're making policy that affects every single resident of the province. And uh, Jason Kenney just used some executive order that he doesn't have. He doesn't have the authority to do it and said, I'm going to let you, Dina Henshaw, you know, they could do what they wanted with the emergency, the 90-day state of medical emergency. That came and went, and then they pushed a bill through. It wasn't voted on in the legislature. The MLAs didn't do anything with it. He just said, uh, Dina Hinshaw, or whatever her name is, Crenshaw, Chingshaw, whatever our, our health minister is. She's such a whack nut looking person. He said, you can decide. We'll let you decide when we can lift some of these restrictions and mandates. And the question that has to be asked, and it has to be answered, is by whose authority? And the answer to that is that there is none. We there was he has no authority to do that. So it's literally like me just saying, you know what? I'm gonna say that I have a right to walk down the middle of the street now, and cars have to park on the on the sidewalks. Okay, cool. Does that mean anything? No, it's just my stupid idea. Is there any authority to back it? None. So this mask mandate that they're claiming is in effect has the exact same clout as me saying that cars have to park on the sidewalks, people walk on the street. Cool. Good luck with that, Jer. <laughs> That's what I say to them. Good luck with your mask mandate. And I just wait. <clears throat> there's a cop in, uh, I went to Rona, I had to buy some grout yesterday, and there's a police officer in there, an undercover cop. He had these, one of these nice Ford trucks. You could, all the lights and stuff. And, uh, he was kind of standing at the door, and I walked right in without a mask. He had his mask on. He gave me a look. I gave him a look, and I smiled at him, and he just kind of nodded his head, walked right in, did my shopping, came right out. Because the thing is, anything COVID-related in Alberta has not held up in the court of law. And this through the entire thing, not one person has been uh, charged with what they say they would because it violates the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And yes, they can give you a ticket, and then you have to waste your time in court, but ultimately... 
you know, we still have this thing in Canada that, that protects human rights. And, and like, that's the last, that's the thing, the only thing that's protecting human rights right now in this country. But it's like, go ahead. I just wait for the day when someone says, I'm calling the police. It's like, please do so, actually, because as soon as I get a ticket, I'm going to go to court. And then I'm also going to sue the province for this mandate and, and for trying to enforce. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to go crazy. You know, we're, we're going to, you want to fight? Let's fight. Let's, you pick up that stick. I'll pick up mine. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to fight, but if you pick up yours, I'll pick up mine. Don't think I'm just going to pay a ticket or put a mask on. You're out of your mind. But I think it's all coming to an end. Uh, apparently the end of the month, as long as the numbers don't go up, we're going to drop all of our mandates. You know, it's so funny. You look at these people that are telling us how to stay healthy. <laughs> you look at Doug Ford. It's like, would you take health advice from this man? <laughs> no. You look at Canada's Minister of Health. I don't know what she is. I mean, come on. She looks like the most unhealthy person on earth. It looks like she sleeps about an hour a day and has schizophrenia. Like her face, her skin, everything about her. She's not all overweight, but she looks unhealthy. Same thing with, I don't even know her name, Dina Hinshaw of Alberta. Looks like a psychotic librarian, like really. <laughs> and you know what you can tell here? Uh, she's got these stupid bangs. Like she's just an old, oh, she's disgusting. But um, you know if she gets her bangs cut really short, there's another lockdown coming. Because <laughs> then she can't go. So, literally, literally, you'll see her out and she'll have like two inches off of her bangs. Looks like an absolute, well, always does, but even more so like a gook. It's like, oh, crap, there's another lockdown coming later that afternoon. <laughs> The numbers are skyrocketing. People are sniffling even more. Oh, it's funny. You know, it's funny is my mom still believes all this stuff. We go out for like breakfast with them on Monday and she's still like fully. Well, the numbers have come down. I said, you don't think it has anything to do with protesting? No. Oh my I said, God. I know. It's okay. Her Here's ugly the... is giving Yoko Ono a <clears throat> run for its money. Oh, Hinshaw's, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so does she look like a healthy human? Like, she's not obese, but she she doesn't look right. You know, when I think about a healthy human, I think about someone who's got a relaxed face. You know, not that. Her eyes look like she's paranoid. No, she looks like you're... All right, I don't want to offend anybody, but this is a fact, okay? Um, I just defend. Anybody who's spent any kind of time around a Chinatown or... Uh, Asian folk, all right, there's always a grandma that looks like she's 180 years old, smokes like five packs of cigarettes a day, and she's got that, I don't know, leathery, husky, um, not husky as in fat, husky as in a corn husk, um, mummified, look looking skin. Mm-hmm. She looks like. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, she looks like somebody that smokes five packs of cigarettes a day. Mm-hmm. And have, it, whether she does or not, I don't care. But. Have you seen the chief public health officer of Canada, Dr. Teresa Tam? Have you seen a picture of her? That's who I'm looking at. Canadian oh, okay, yeah. health minister, Dr. Tam. Yeah. Ooh, uh, she's horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she does not look like a healthy person. Like, why am oh. I getting health advice from her? And look up Henshaw. Look up a little. Have you seen her before? Oh, was it Alberta? Man, this is a great podcast. 
<laughs> two guys googlizing thing. Uh, oh my god! Where is so? Let me see. I got that's just that's her. Like <laughs> you cut your own hair. Yeah, I know. I know. Is she not? Does she not look like a psychotic librarian? Like, look yes. how beady and small her eyes are. It looks like she doesn't sleep. It's like, am I seriously going to take health advice from you? I used, because- I knew someone in the United States Air Force that looks exa- identical to her. Really? Yeah. Maybe it is her. She was a psychotic librarian, and I'm not joking. She joined uh-huh. the Air Force um, after being a psychotic librarian. Yeah. Oh, like, and I met her on. when she was a <clears throat> client because she was psychotic. Hmm. She tried to kill her boyfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah. That looks like this person would, too. But, yeah, anyway, so you, you look at that, and then you look at Doug Ford. You look at Jason Kenny. I'm like, do you think I'm going to take health advice from you, Jason Kenny? You're a porky puff. Like, come on. You know what? Lose 50 pounds, and then maybe you, maybe I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. You know? Oh, man. It's insane. You look at somebody, you just look at this. Hoffman, Alberta Health Minister Hoffman says no more NDP. Hoffman looks like she's about 350 pounds. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know what? I understand that. Like, men, to tell you the truth, the older I get, I'm like, oh my word. It is so hard not, not to get a little bit chunky. And like, I'm not overeating. <clears throat> I'm not over drinking. And I'm trying to stay relatively active. But I'm like, so we went for breakfast with my parents and they couldn't believe how much I ate. My mom and dad, in the morning, they each have one piece of toast together for breakfast. And I'm like, how do you live off that? Like, you would be surprised at how little you eat when you get old <laughs> if you don't want to get fat, you know? Yeah, I'm down to, I'm still fat, but I'm trying to <clears throat> lose weight. Um, I'm not, anyway, I don't look, people tell me, oh, you don't look fat. Yeah, I do. Um, but one meal a day is about all you need. Yeah. You know, post, um uh, Particularly post fifty, yeah, you, you eat a small breakfast, like half a grapefruit, to keep your cholesterol in check, and then one meal mm-hmm. uh, in an early afternoon. It's all you need. Yeah, early to mid afternoon, um, and it's healthier for you. You know, people can joke all they want about early birds specials for old people, but it's healthier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and so it's like, my problem is snacking. Oh, that's my, that's my absolute weakness. And the worst type for me, it's the worst type in general is mine is bedtime snacking. Like before I go to bed, if I can have a little bowl of chips, I'm just a happy man. Like, you know, we'll watch a show, something on Netflix on the iPad, Steph and I just, oh, and I'm like, oh, I need some chips or something like even worse than that. You'd think it'd be healthier, but like these cheese it crackers, <laughs> cause it's a, Oh man, this is so bad. It's like, oh, let me just pound down two hundred calories while I'm laying in bed, right, right about to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're lucky, two hundred calories, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, and now you, you're getting into the, you know, it's supposedly healthy, right? Because it's activity, but everybody who does it is fat, and that's powerlifting. You know, any kind yeah. of lift, deadlifting or lifting. Yeah. It's ah. weird. I know. I know. And like, if you're going to get into powerlifting, you have to like crank up your caloric intake and, and your protein. It's like, oh yeah, I need 140 
grams of protein or 200 grams of protein a day. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy, man. And I've seen one healthy looking person as far as body type, body, um, the BMI and all that mm-hmm. proportionality, everything that w- there was a power lifter that looked good. And she just had really good genetics. I used to work with her. Won't say her name, but she was smoking hot. And not that I found her, you know, smoking hot. Oh, I, I need me some of that. No, I, I've had female friends. I've had female coworkers. I don't look at them that way. I can, it's like art. I can look at it and tell you, that's art. That's really nice. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best yeah. painting I've ever seen. Doesn't mean I want to own it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't want to mm-hmm. hang it in my bedroom. I just, oh, wait, that's a really bad analogy. Speaking of psychotic librarians. Yeah. But, <laughs> but You're the, talking you about know, art, right? <laughs> I, have a, I have the best woman I could ever have, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't upgrade from Danette. Mm-hmm. And honestly, she can't upgrade for me. Now, can she find a better-looking guy anywhere? You can go to get, get gas and find a better-looking guy. But he's not going to be better than me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all we all have a cross to bear. Mine's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you're talking about uh, about the gen- – or the so she's a power lifter? Yeah. And wasn't like a – looked like a gorilla. Yeah, and it's true. Like, you watch those strongman competitions. I'm like, those dudes are big boys, you know? Yeah, and the only strongman, and I used to love World's Strongest Man, mm-hmm. and Marius Putinowski was my favorite. You knew all along he was cheating. Why? Because hmm. he looked ripped. Hmm. And he's a power lifter. Of course he's cheating. Uh, yeah, I didn't follow it at all, but. Oh, yeah. But now you look at, now that they're <clears throat> testing, mm-hmm. um, they don't use USADA, but it's USADA level testing. Um, and so WSM is testing you. And yet you see their body types change completely. Hmm. You know, you look at uh, one of my favorite strongmen right now, Robert Oberst, eight and completely round. Hmm. But crazy. He's, he's an animal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was listening to this podcast, uh, Art of Manliness, and they had this one gone. I forget what he's, I forget his name, but he's written a couple books. But he talks about the, oh shoot, a hi, he hybrid athlete, and so his thing is like, so he does a lot of weight training, and he did this one thing. I forget what he did. He so twelve and twelve. He did like twelve hundred pounds of lifting. And a sub twelve hour Iron Man in the same day. Twelve hundred pounds or twelve thousand pounds? Twelve thousand pounds. Basically started at three AM, you know, uh, between deadlifts, bench presses, and squats, did like twelve thousand pounds, then went to the start of an Iron Man and did an Iron Man is like eleven hours and fifty four seconds, right? So this guy can lift heavy, heavy. He he does heavy weight training, but then he runs marathons all the time. And so like I don't. I'm, I just imagine in my head what this guy would look like. That is an incredible athlete. You know what I mean? Like you've got to be big enough to do this stuff. He started out as a rugby player, and then he had too many concussions. He had to give that up. I think he was going pro. Like he's college rugby or something like that. He's from Australia. But uh, you see, imagine how what that person would look like and the beast of a person he would be. You know, to have yeah, that type I'm, of endurance and then yeah. strength. 
<clears throat> like I think the problem. So my dad did lots of running, and uh, but he didn't do any resistance training, none, and always got injured. And he'd get like injections in his knees, and he he's kind of basically just given it up. He he did like one year he was doing seven marathons on all seven continents, and he did it. And then he's done all of the big ones, like the Great Wall of China, the London, the New York City, every great marathon he's done. I think there's one, or maybe he did that this winter or something, but but he's always injured, always, always. And I said, did you do any weight training at all? He's like, no. I was like, you, you need to do some. Like, just bang, bang, bang is so hard. You know, you need to, weight training is good for your bone density, it's good for connective tissue. You got to keep those muscles strong so that they can keep everything lined up. But I don't know. I, that's that's what I see. I, th- I think it's a good. To, so like I I trying to work out every single day, and I do one day of cardio, and that, that could even be like a recovery walk on the treadmill, and then one day of weights. So I just flip plop back and forth, and it's nice. Like I don't know. I've seen. I know there are more. I've I know one guy. Uh, we used to work together, and we played softball together. Uh, he's, I think he's got the right combination of things. He has the right formula. He does a lot of lifting, a lot. Mm-hmm. He plays professional level softball, and he does like other things like um, cross training, CrossFit. And you just said professional level softball. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just laughed when you said that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, I'm as surprised as anybody, but it's a thing. Yeah. And a lot of funny. money in it, too. But. That's funny. But, you know, at least softball is a sport, not like, you know, some other things we talked about last week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, and he, he looks like a Greek statue. Yeah. You know, but he's just freakishly strong, and it's usable muscle. Yeah. For the yeah. most part. Mm-hmm. Somebody used to call him, uh, it was some superhero name. I'm like, man, I wouldn't go that far, but. Hmm. You know. That's interesting. You know, I had a room. Most superheroes have a, a, a modicum of morality. Mm, gotcha. And, you know, if you've been married a lot, I mean, a number <laughs> of times. And the wife you're with now was your mistress in your previous marriage. Yeah. Uh, you might be a nice guy, just saying, but yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm mm. not on board. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that one of my first roommates I had when I moved out, I moved in with these, their two brothers. And uh, the one of them <clears throat> was a real straight shooter. He actually ended up becoming a missionary. He was a mechanic at a Lexus dealership. And the other one was, I did kind of construction work, odd jobs here and there. Really incredible artist. But he also, he looked like an incredible athlete. Like big muscles. And, you know, when he walked in, all the girls are just like, oh, my word. Like, anyways, so we're watching TV and he gets out this little case, opens it up and puts all these electric pads on himself and plugs this in. He starts shocking. I'm like, what the heck are you doing, man? He goes, this is my workout. He goes, it's electronic stimulation. And so he did that in combination with creatine. He took creatine like crazy. 
and then a whole bunch of different protein supplements and stuff. <clears throat> and I said, well, you go to the gym, right? He goes, oh, no, I've never gone to the gym. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, he goes, I just do this and it builds my physique. <laughs> so he just moves these little pads. It's like isometrics. I mean, yeah. it will make it look like you have muscle. Yes. It'll be very well defined, but there's no real strength to yeah. it. Yeah. We had uh, one night we were playing cards and it turned into arm wrestling and I kicked his high knee. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, try. And he's like, I'm trying as hard as I can, man. I was like, and so I, after that, I bugged him all the time. I was like, all muscle, no strength. Like, I was 10 times started, like, get into wrestling and stuff like that. Oh, he's, he's just a pushover. And he probably weighed, he probably had 50 pounds on me and looked like a bodybuilder. And I could just, oh, it was unbelievable. I was like, that's hilarious. I said, that's such a waste. I said, you should just go to the gym and turn that into strength. Like, get so, like come on, you need me to carry groceries for you? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like uh, uh, some of the martial arts are not real combat arts. Mm -hmm. They're there for a reason. They're they serve a purpose, but they're not combat arts. Mm -hmm. You know, and karate. <laughs> no, some karate is. Some is not. Um, mm -hmm. It depends. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, 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 what's his name? Mashido would, you know, argue it since he's a Korea, uh, karate practitioner and he was a UFC champion, you know, so mm. just saying. Now, is he anymore? No, but it, age played a part in that too. Uh, yeah. But judo is one of those. Uh, I was only studying certain arts. I wasn't like trying for belts or anything like that. I wanted to know a little bit of this, a little bit of that. For you know, my hand-to-hand -hand skills, mm -hmm. and this girl I knew at the time took judo and thought it was the best thing in the world. I'm like, really? It's like you should go to class with me and talk to my uh, teacher. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not into this whole thing about you know showing up to somebody's dojo and fighting them. But um, but that girl, she had a mouth on her. Anyway, I went to uh, meet the guy, and you know, explain what I, you know, what it was I was looking for. He's like, "Oh, you need judo because of this and that and the other." Let's spar for a minute. You know, no big deal. You know, no, you know, not out to hurt anybody, not out to win. Just see, you know, show you my art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, they went to throw me one time. You hang on to the arm. And then you arm bar his ass. He either taps out or he leaves with it in two pieces. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just that fast. Just boom. And he's like, ah, 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 I quit, I quit, I quit. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Huh. That's funny. You know, and I'm not a big guy at all. And he was. And it, you know, leverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing that makes judo work <clears throat> makes it not work. Yeah, yeah. Because if the other guy knows leverage too, you're you hooked. know, yeah. you lean two buildings against each other. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's a... Uh, I would love to start uh, learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think that'd be you fun. You really got to um, study who you're going to study with before you commit. Because yes. there's some fly-by-night Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people out there. That's what I've heard over and over. Uh, I worked with a guy, and 
he had a really good gym. I forget where. Um, and then people were opening up new gyms and he'd look into me. He's like, oh man, he goes, you really, he goes, there's only of all the gyms that are open in Calgary. He said, there's probably two that are worth your, worth your time. He said, some of these guys are just such wing nuts. They don't know how to do it. You're going to get like, you're going to get like seriously hurt. It's like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a, it's a very, very serious thing. So you have to know who you're doing it with, uh, the methodology that they teach. And you have to trust the people in that, in that place, whatever they call it. They just call it a studio, don't they? Yeah. But, I don't know, it looks fun, man. And BJJ <clears throat> has been, has evolved now as well. Mm-hmm. Was, I can't tell you off the top of my head. It's one of the stands, you know, like Kazakhstan, mm-hmm. but it's one of those, right? Mm-hmm. They have taken wrestling and married it to BJJ and created a new kind of jiu-jitsu that is just dominating everywhere from uh, Abu Dhabi to, you know, those competitions hmm. um, to uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champ to UFC, you know, to MMA. It's just dominating. Hmm. Oh, wow. Because they put a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis on uh, lean strength. Mm-hmm. So if you know the same thing that I do in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we're completely equal, but I'm stronger than you at the same weight, I yes. win. Yes, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that makes sense, hey? And. <clears throat> ah, it They're incredibly impressive. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I uh, got something exciting. Well, not exciting for me. But can you hear me? I'm getting some really bad warnings about my internet here. Yeah, I haven't had any kind of problems. You haven't skipped in or out. Oh, okay. Nothing. Okay. Because mine keeps Oh, yeah, you're down to one to five. Oh, wait, now you're at four to five. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my parents are coming to pick up the kids this morning and they're going flying today on my dad's plane. That's an exciting thing for them. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you, it kind of reminded me of this when you were doing your, when I was watching your uh, shipping container video this week. Um, is that uh, project uh, of your uh, son's uh, airplane in the horizon? It yes, and it <clears throat> I can't say too much because well, yes, yes. the The thing okay. that the thing that limits us right now is um, we have I don't have space to do big things, right? I mean, the shipping containers for storage, and I always think if you want to build an airplane, like could I do it well, in my you garage? Know, you got to get sure. on that workshop, buddy. Yeah, that big yeah. garage. Yeah, so hopefully. We're, we're doing some plans that I, I don't know. I, we're moving towards something like that. So, uh, hey, you know, you, another good year of signs and you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I don't know. That's what we'd like to do. I kind of got the mix. And I thought, you know what? Before you build a full on airplane or hang guy, 
they've never built anything. And so I said, start with a go-kart, like build a go-kart. It's the easiest thing you can do. It'll teach you some very basics about, you know, you're going to have to run a throttle cable and a, and a brake linkage or some, you know, it's going to give you, and if you fabricate that stuff up on something like that, that honestly, what's the worst thing that can happen? You throw a belt or a chain, big deal. Like, like they're as safe as can be, you know? It's not like we're building an airplane. You're going to test fly. I mean, okay, now, now stakes might be higher. If you get 20 feet up and a weld breaks, <laughs> hopefully you weren't moving too fast when you come down and you just get a couple of bruises. But so I think they're going to, uh, we were looking at parts uh, from Princess Auto and I might actually do it as a sponsored video. Just totally total departure from knife making, blah, blah. And then uh, just build a go-kart, buy a little, I don't know, five horsepower motor and put a centrifugal clutch on it and. Well, right no. now, honestly, mm-hmm. any kind of aviation-related restoration videos are through the roof. Oh, really? And knife-making, not so much. Yeah. I, I've noticed that it seems like it's not as popular now. And maybe that's a good time to pivot that channel. I, well, that was kind of what I decided to do. That's I'm still not going to do like vlogging-type crap or bicycles because bicycles, nobody liked to see that on my Simple Little Life channel. And the vlogging stuff is meh. It's nice to actually have a channel for like just dumb stuff. Like literally you don't care. It's like I'm not putting this up here for anything. Um, so I think I'm going to kind of pivot Simple Little Life to making. That's what has been kind of like my plan. But <clears throat> and I kind of got that feeling the last time we discussed it yeah. a couple months ago. Is yeah. that you were going to evolve that again? Mm-hmm. Which is fine, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, interests change. And I, I truly do believe that we are at the top or maybe even, you know, plateauing or possibly starting to come down the other side of the general interest in making knives. Like now we've got a whole bunch of grinder companies, right? And, you know, before it's just a couple of them, they couldn't keep up, and everybody's trying to buy grinders, grinders. Now you've got everybody making grinders. And it's not to say they still won't have business, but I don't know. You get the same sense. Like you, I remember seeing it. It's like, oh, my goodness, seems everybody's interested in this. And now it doesn't seem like it's – I think people that have gotten into it aren't necessarily going to leave it. Right? I think it kind of elevates. It's like, okay, now this, this might actually be a, a pastime that's here to stay, just like knitting is. Like nobody's going to stop uh... knitting. There might be a temporary upsweep in it, but it's only going to be temporary, and then it's going to fall off harder than ever. And here's why I say that. Now there's a been a increasing number of stabbings in New York City, particularly the rash of them on the subway. Hmm. This happened in the '70s too, by the way, people. Um, the more you, the more the government puts their foot on your neck the more some people will react to that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, criminals are one of those elements that will react in a bad way. And they're going to hurt you with a a fork, a knife, a gun. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So just get over that part. Uh, let's focus on the criminal, not the tool. Yep. But uh, now there's a big... Uh, it's big. It is huge uh, from some of my uh, government lawyer friends, but it, they're, it's being kept very quiet in the as far as media goes because we've got 
Um, two other big things in the news right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so there's there's been a call for, like, like knife reform. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What well, you get, get away from, you know. And, by the way, there was a recent uh, FBI study that showed in a particular, that it didn't say where. It was just a major American city, right? Yeah. It was New York. I'll, I'll just tell you that. Um, I asked a person who authored the report, and he said it was New York. Mm. Um, they did a 20-year study of gun violence, right, and how gun laws affected that, and they didn't uh, because they're criminals. And then the as... Illegal guns became less available to certain types of criminals. Actually, there were more killings by blunt objects and knives. Mm. So, in theory, by statistically speaking, had you kept the flow of illegal guns to New York, there would have been less violence. Mm. And... One of the, psychologically speaking, it's easier to stab someone than shoot them. We don't really? know why that is. Really? I yeah, always We think, don't know why. Oh, I always think I couldn't. I would hate the thought of stabbing somebody. And I, I mean, not that I well, <laughs> love the thought of shooting someone, but I'm like, if I ever had to defend myself, I would far rather do it with a gun because I can be 10, 20 feet away from them. I don't have to get that close. I don't have to. Oh, I don't know. Well, most spontaneous. <laughs> Violence is rage-induced anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And there's almost always a knife handy. Yeah. So, and again, we don't, we've studied it. We don't know why. Hmm. There's a, you know, just psychologically speaking, it's easier to beat someone to death with a baseball bat or stab them with a knife than shoot them. Hmm. And I, I, I think, it goes back to the being rage induced. Yeah, yeah, that could make because sense. I'm standing twenty feet away from you, right, with a gun. I'm more apt to think what consequences this has for me. Yeah, and that outweighs my rage on you. Yeah, when I'm standing face to face with you, nose to nose, that rage is way up because <clears throat> of proximity. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer thinking about self preservation. I'm thinking about. Doing bodily harm on you. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. Because oh, those, that psychology we do understand that the closer you are in proximity to someone, the more your rage outweighs self-preservation. Because mm. you're worried about getting, not just getting away from that situation, but um, because of the reason you're mad at them, it's so personal to you in most situations. Like, a jilted love, a jilted family member, money, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so personal to you. It's just, and you're that close to them, eh, you're going to beat them to death, yeah. stab them, whatever. Crazy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting stuff. And so it's it- hard for, you know, normal sane people to understand that kind of psychology mm-hmm. and unless you've studied it a lot or unless you have the 
restraint gene that they don't have, you know, yeah. that yeah. those criminals don't have. Yeah. I yeah. hate violence. I, just, oh, I abhor it, but yeah. it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a victim of it. Yeah. So you kind of learn how to do that violence so you can do unto others before they do unto you, but only when they're going to do unto you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they always say when violence actually is the answer, it is literally the only answer. Like somebody's intent is like, okay, they're, they're going to come, they're going to mug you, they're going to whatever late at night. You can't talk them out of it. You can't say, listen, let's make a plea bargain here. Like, that doesn't work. You have, like, the only option is violence. And man, it's a tough thing. And I, like, I will never pretend to think that, oh, yeah, I'm a big, tough guy. And uh, I always think, like, I've I've challenged a few guys, pulled a few guys over on the road and said, let's go right here and now. And I, I think I've been lucky every time that they just got scared because I intimidated them. But um, as an adult, I've never been, I've never been in fights. I've been knocked out. <laughs> So I guess I wasn't a fight. I didn't know we were fighting. The guy just cold cocked me and boom, knocked my teeth out. But, um, and I always think, man, I need to learn how to administer violence. And I always think I want to weaponize my body. You know, like I want to literally learn how to fight. So if I'm in a bad situation, like I knew this kid, I don't know, he's maybe 140 pounds. I think he got a little, I don't know what weight of box or like bantam weight or something, but just a rough kid, man, like rough, like always always made fun of at school and then he turned into a bully and then he he found boxing and I think his his first year boxing he went to the number one spot in Alberta and then he was competing nationally and uh just tough kid and I always think about somebody like that okay if they were in a rough situation see if they're at a hockey game and and some guy starts peeking so let's go right now I'm like that guy is dangerous right if he doesn't restrain himself he could I don't care how big he's 140 pounds it doesn't matter if there's a 250 pound guy that little dude is a tough sucker and he knows how to strike. You know, I don't, you know, twice his size. I, I was like, if this guy ever got mad at me, he'd kick my hiney, you know? And I always unless, think that, what's that? And unless they're already a scrapper. Yeah. I've never seen a boxer win a street fight ever because they, they learned how to throw three punches. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if all you're, all you've ever done is boxing, yeah, you're probably not going to do it. But the conditioning you get, yeah. If you're also a street fighter, yeah, you're pretty dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I always, I always think like, oh, I want to be that guy that could be, could be lethal with just my body. But then I'm also like, I would, I would far rather be the guy who's, you know, you don't want to be a, a weakling or incapable entirely, but I would actually far rather be the guy that could see a situation and come up with and know exactly how to get yourself out of it, you know? Um, and it's, we hear so much about bullying today. Mm-hmm. That's a bunch of BS in my opinion. I agree. But there is bullying, Yeah. but we overdo it now. Yeah. Um, but there's a benefit to bullet, being bullied. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Physically bullied, right? Like old school, get beat up after school, mm-hmm. bullying. Had that, yeah. Because one, you learn how to take a beating. Two, you know where it really hurts to get hit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So as you get a little older or a little bigger or a little smarter and you start taking things like jujitsu or karate or taekwondo, whatever, 
or you just started weightlifting, you're in this whatever, uh, and somebody, and you don't want to fight, I don't want to fight, look, I'm going to walk away, and somebody's pushing it, and they're going to fight you. You you already know where it really hurts to get hit. You mm-hmm. just hit them there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you have a benefit that maybe they don't, is you've been beat up a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it builds up, you know, emotional calluses, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing changes somebody's mind about being in a fight. Like getting hit in the mouth. Oh, yeah. It is not pleasant. Oh, that is true. Oh, my Lord. Uh, um, I have, and one of the, well, I have a big mouth. I do. And one of the reasons is I've been hit in the mouth. And the first time, ooh, it's a shocker. Yeah. You know, the third time you're like, nah, that all you got? <laughs> you huh. Yeah. Well, I remember that sometimes you got little babies and, uh, you know, you're holding money. And say if you got your baby and you're like a bouncing on your knee and you're, you're feeding him, right? While you're sitting in a restaurant. So he's uh, facing the, you know, away from you and you're trying to feed him. And sometimes babies have these things where they'll like they'll sneeze or they'll just have these random bodily, like just throw their head back. And yeah, we're in a restaurant. <laughs> feed him. He sneezes and just whips his head back right into my mouth. <laughs> and of course, he's crying. And I was so mad. I was like, "Whoa!" It's like a switch. It's it's true. Like you get hit in the mouth, and oh, it wakes you up. It's like, okay, whoa, <laughs> stuff just got real. And I'm like, okay, this was an accident. But I feel I want. I was looking for someone else to punch. I'm like, okay, somebody's paying for this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's the truth. <laughs> just whop him. My dad, baby always, head. <laughs> Baby yeah. head is my first broken nose. Oh, wow. That's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not really. She was I'm... just giggling, giggling, and then I was tickling her, and she was having a good old time. She threw her head back. Wow. Blood went everywhere. <laughs> How many times And everybody's like, nose? what'd you do to her? <laughs> and I'm like holding my nose like, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have you broken your nose a few times? Twice that I know of. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure it's been more than that. Huh. Um, but the first time was the baby, and the second time was a, a co-flip door on an airplane. Oh, we're spring-loaded, and <laughs> bam! Ouch, that would suck. Oh, man. Not cool. No. And oh. I wanted to – I've never – I still hold a grudge against whoever did it because <laughs> um, there's two latches, one on both sides. And you, uh. you climb up a ladder, and you unclick one latch. Yeah. So you know this other latch is still latched, right? Yeah. Oh, no. It was unlatched. Oh, and wow. you do it in the same mm. order every time mm. by the book. And you go to slowly release that door, you know, the pressure off the door, just to make sure the other latch is still latched. Mm. And I did it, and I did it, and I did it. Well, it was the the mohair that was uh, adding just enough resistance to the front of the door as soon as I let my hand go, the door goes down, whap, right in my oh, nose. Oh, man. And that thing is about, what, eight feet long, foot and a half high, Oof. aircraft-grade aluminum. Oh, man. Boom. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you're trying, you're seeing stars, you're blind elsewise, eyes running, nose pouring everywhere, and all you can think of is don't let go of the ladder. <laughs> Wow. Because you're still 11 (laughs) foot in the air, you know? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's funny. Steph used to, uh, like, Steph's great when the kids get injured, anything, you know, 
do anything. You know, we're having to freeze Foster's ward off his hand right now with liquid nitrogen. And but if she sees a bloody nose, it, she's done. She's like, no, can't can't help you. And it was the same thing when she used to be a lifeguard and a swimming instructor. And kids could, you know, smash their heads. She's had this. There's an unconscious kid. She had to pull out of a pool. Uh, one kid broke in the outdoor pool, and she's a lifeguard. There's a broken spine, and she had to, you know, trans put him on the board. Great in first aid situations, but if she sees a bloody nose, she says, I would just, I had to leave. Like, no, I can't handle a bloody nose. <laughs> Even, you know, you're just sitting there and it gets really dry spell and you just get a random bloody nose. Oh, she can't handle that. I don't know why she doesn't either. I'm like, there's nothing. It's just a bloody nose. I know. I just, I got to leave. I, I'm, I'm getting sick. It's funny. She should have been here yesterday. I had one all day. No, oh, no. Yeah, just the normal dry air stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Because if it's pouring down rain all day, you're like, oh, man, it's really moist in here. Well, not in the house. Mm, yeah, yeah. But, oh, it was just my right nostril was all day yesterday. Faucet. Yuck. 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 Oh, man. Yeah, I'm hoping, hoping it gets warm out here soon. Oh, it's so funny because I thought, I thought we were done with the cold weather. And then we've had this last week. It's like, man, winter time again. Yeah, I can't believe it. after 60 degrees, just 60 some degrees yesterday, <clears throat> pouring down rain all day. I haven't even looked at the rain gauge, but we I know that we got at least three, three and a half, four inches yesterday. Hmm. And uh, that's a lot of rain. Get up to get up, watch a little bit of YouTube, make, drink coffee, come in here to open my blinds and turn on the computer. It's snowing. I'm like, oh, oh really? Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Crazy talk. It's quit now, but it was just a flurry. Hmm. But and flurries mm -hmm. piss me off. Either snow or don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hey. And then if you're gonna snow, give me like four feet. Yeah, make it worth the while. Yeah, and I think it's just because I miss Montana, but yeah, yeah, we're supposed to get five to ten centimeters, which is. Two to four inches, I think. Not quite four inches, but man, like I bought a snowblower. Can't even use it. <laughs> you know, bought one last year. I used it, the new one, I think I used it one time. And it'll it'll snow and it'll snow like one inch. It's like, I'm not getting my snowblower up for an inch. Like I want that thing for, you know, when it's impassable or when I risk being stuck. But I hate it when you buy a piece. Uh, I sort of do. I hate it when you buy a piece of equipment and you can't use it. But at the same time, if, if I had to use it like 40 times over a winter, I'd, <laughs> I'd be frustrated. <laughs> you know, it's like you buy a real nice lawnmower and it's like, do you love mowing the lawns? No, but I want to use my lawnmower. No, weird. Oh, yeah. Well, I should probably probably get going. I think the kids, I don't know, my parents are going out for breakfast at 8, which is half an hour ago. And then right after that, they're coming out here to pick the kids up. Head out to the old hangar. They're supposed to go flying yesterday, but I guess as bad. I don't know. All these things, like whether it's VR or I don't know. I don't understand all that crap. But And remember, kids, tell Grandpa no shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I know. But my mom will be there, so they're, they're going out and they're buying one of those little propane fire pits so they can, like, roast hot dogs and marshmallows. And the two kids will go up, fly around, and I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if they're, I don't think their hangar's heated, but 
the, the guy that had it before, he was a pilot, commercial pilot for a smaller airline. And then he had it, he had two airplanes. One was like a stunt plane and I don't know what the other, other one was, but uh, cool. Like he had all, he had a, like three or four motorcycles, one old classic Harley and it set up, it was before like a, the coolest man cave. You think of a man cave was a, in an airplane hangar. That was it. So two airplanes, couple motorbikes. Um, he drives like a sixties Ford that he completely restored himself. And then he's got, you know, he's got a jukebox, some couches, uh, cool old art on the walls. It was the coolest looking place. I don't know what it looks like now. Cause I'm sure he took all that stuff out, but yeah, man, that's a, th- that's the way to go. So I'm excited for Kobe to get his license. I'm like, by the time you're 21, you could be a commercial, have a commercial pilot's license. And he's, he's probably going to go for the instructor too. I'm like, you should do it. You know, I said, like, literally. You get an airplane, you can t- give lessons. It's a good little side hustle. It's a, instantly you can start your own business, you know? It's got to have the money for insurance, and there you go. Boom. Not working for somebody else, making them rich. You're making the money, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the Air Force pilots I used to know, uh, he got a. He was an Air Force helicopter pilot, and he retired 20 years, and then he got a job at one of the – the largest diamond mining company mm-hmm. in Canada. Okay. Yep. You probably know which one it is. I don't and, know much about diamond stuff. Okay. And he flew under, you know, it was a annual contract. Mm-hmm. And once you sign it, you're there and you fly whenever they want you to. Oh, wow. Within whatever the rules are for hours, right? Yeah. But you really don't have a life. Yeah, yeah. For a year, you're on call. and mm. But you get paid an incredible amount of money. Yeah. And the second year, he signed the contract, was starting on it. The third day of the second year contract, they fired him because he saw something. Huh. I'm like, hmm, what is it in the diamond mining industry in Canada that you could see that they would fire you for you didn't do anything. You just saw something. Hmm. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm never going to tell anybody what it was. Wow. One, he has an NDA, and two, he's still wanting to go back. So I'm like, it couldn't have been that bad. Hmm. That's crazy, hey? Yeah, I, who knows what it is. Might be just something where they're – you know, mining not completely in accordance with the law. Who knows? Yeah. And could have saw Bigfoot. I don't know. Yep. The alien vessel they're really unearthing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, eh? <sighs> Crazy world, hey? Yeah, I think. He can't even tell you how much he made under his contract. Hmm. But, but. He'll he'll tell you. He told me enough information where I could figure out within a, a reasonable span of money. Mm-hmm. I would say he was getting about a million and a half a year. Oh wow, that's crazy. I'd take a job like that. Yeah, I hope the uh, IRS catches him one day. <laughs> I see that filing taxes. <laughs> well, at that time. The, uh, now, things have changed between the U.S. and Canada since then. Yeah. But at that time, we were in a, this weird uh, 
nether region of tax law. Mm-hmm. He was making, you know, uh, he went to Canada to work, and he's getting paid in Canada. Yeah. Canada didn't report it to the U.S., and neither did him. Hmm. So he's not paying any taxes there, and he sure as hell didn't pay them here. Wow. And I know that because he told me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, I hope they never catch you. Yeah. No kidding, eh? That's crazy. Living life on the edge, eh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm so angry about taxes and the IRS right now. I can't see straight. Mm. It's one of the reasons I haven't brought it up because we're supposed to keep this as close to family friendly as we can. Yes, yes. And I can't. When I talk about this, <laughs> maybe we'll let it diffuse the situation. Maybe we could check back next week or the week after if you can. Well, this year, every year we owe a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hundred to two, about 2,000. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Ah, uh, not this year. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Dude, um, 20 or 10 grand I owe. Oh, wow. And, That silence means that you're just. <laughs> this was a video podcast. How how many shades of darker would your skin be going right now? <laughs> I'm just looking at my feet, but he's a great know, tomato. The, but it it things like this, tangible, real facts that make me so angry at everybody who like. We need Trump back. We need Trump. These are Trump tax laws. Yeah. Yeah. Biden hasn't changed them. Yeah. That's crazy. And he, Trump completely bent the middle class over. Yeah. I mean, he did. He just, hmm. it's a fact. Um, now, did Donald Trump do it himself? No. Did the IRS do it along with, from, with congressional input? And then President Trump never stopped it? Yes, absolutely. Who does the Treasury Department work for? The White House. You know? Yeah. yeah. The problem with the Treasury Department is Congress has so much input on their day-to-day operations, it's kind of unconstitutional in a way. Hmm. Right? Because we're supposed to have separation between the three branches, mm-hmm. uh, hard walls between them, but there really aren't. Yeah. And now, having said all of that, uh, my accountant has, because he's also so certified uh, in IRS auditing, mm-hmm. he's seen the uh, proposals on the what would be Biden's changes to the tax law. Holy crap. Mm. So much worse on so many people. But at least it's across the board. Mm-hmm. He didn't just pick, oh, the middle class, the backbone of America, and let's you know, yeah, yeah. Prison mm. rape them. That's crazy. Ugh. But Fun. same income, right? Same yeah. income, never changed, not a dime. In fact, there's three months less income in tax year 2021 than in 2020. Because mm-hmm. Danette retired in October from one job, mm-hmm. right? So, less taxes, you would think? No, it went from paying 
like three grand to paying ten grand. That's weird. That's crazy. Yeah, so now we have to go back and have like seven hundred and fifty dollars more a month just taken out because. Hmm. That's frustrating, hey? Oh, we'll end it on that, I guess. Okay. Pay your taxes. Well, yeah, I mean, and pay yeah. everybody else's, too. <laughs> That's right. Because, honestly, and this will be the last thing I say about it, is this is the penalty to the working class folks for all this free money in the last two years, period. Yeah, it is for sure, 100%. No, and it is. So. Yep. Yep. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for taking my money. I hope you die in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I think we'll leave this topic for at least a couple <laughs> weeks, Todd. At least a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, I'll handle this. You can just say goodbye when it's your turn. <laughs> no. well, that was a good chat with you, Todd. And thanks everybody for listening. And <laughs> I guess we'll talk to you on the next one. You're allowed to say bye now, Todd. Bye. <laughs>